Good to see each and every one of you here on this beautiful Wednesday evening. It's a great place to be. I wouldn't want to be anyplace else than right here in the house of the Lord with your smiling face. Praise God, knowing that God is in this place because where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. He's here. So, Sister Plan, would I give you Titus 2 and 1? Would you just put that up there? We've kind of been talking about doctrine. We have been talking about doctrine for this month. In the Amplified, it says this, Titus 2 and 1, But as for you, teach what is fitting and becoming to sound, wholesome doctrine, the character and right living that identify true Christians. Come on. I love doctrine teaching. Praise God. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to go to our scripture setting in Psalms chapter 147 and verse number one in the King James. We'll let Sister Plow get that, give you a chance if you want to turn in your Bibles. 147 verse one. Say praise the Lord if you got it. 147 one says, praise ye the Lord for it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant, and praise is comely. With the help of the Lord, we're going to look at the Amplified, actually. And down at the bottom it says, Praise is becoming and appropriate. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Praise is becoming and appropriate. Help me pray. God of heaven, we love you and we praise you. You are worthy of all honor and all glory. And we so thank you, God, for all that you are and all you have been and all you will be, Jesus. You're so good to us. I thank you and praise you. And while you're thinking about praying right now, could we pray for our pastor's wife, Sister Herring? Praise God. Her she, she had to take a quick trip, as you know. Um, Sister Janae went into labor, but she didn't have the baby. There she is trying to help. Brother Josh is traveling. All of this going on, very hectic, small boys, and she's flying to the rescue, and her brother is sick in the intensive care. So her brother John is in ICU right now. How many will lift up John right now before the presence of the Lord? God of heaven, we love you and we praise you. We ask you to touch John today, God, in the hospital. Would you help him, God, and strengthen him? And would you heal his heart, God? Would you be with him in that room right this second, God? Help him and raise him up out of that bed, God. And help Sister Herring, Lord, be, help her be strong. Help her be comforted and help her know that you're in control, God. Your precious name, Jesus. We love you and praise you. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you so much for standing. Be praying for John, Sister Herring, Jesus' name. Becoming an appropriate. Praise is becoming an appropriate. First Peter 2 verse 9 tells us 
but ye are a chosen generation. He's talking to the church. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He's taken you and he's taken me out of darkness. He took our feet out of miry clay and set our feet upon a rock to stay. Why do we praise him, Brother Larry? That should be more than enough. We praise him. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. The Amplified said that God's own, it's the second portion of that, that God's own purchased his special people. That's why we praise him. That's why we praise him. He sets forth and he displays his virtues and his perfections. Not just a little should we praise him, Brother Nate, but the psalmist said seven times a day I praise thee. Seven times a day I exalt you and I lift up your name. Psalms 119. And 164, not just a man, but even nature itself praises the Lord. Psalm 145.10 tells us that, that even nature itself praises him. All thy works shall praise thee. Psalm 69 and verse number 34 tells us heaven and earth is going to praise him. Paul, who probably wrote, the book of Hebrews, it's declared that by many theologians, said in Hebrews 13, 15, he tells us that let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. The Amplified tells us in there that let us constantly and at all times Offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. Is it only when you're on top of the mountain that you should praise Him? Is it only when your bank account has zeros at the end and, it, and, and it's got enough to pay all the bills, Brother Carlos? Is it only when you're feeling healthy and the kids are all right and the wife is good and the job is pleasant? No, not only when things are good shall we praise him, but even when things are not so good, we should praise him. If Paul wrote 13 and 15 of Hebrews and said, let us continually offer up praise and sacrifice unto him, how about after he had been beaten and he had been thrown into a jail in the innermost part in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it was a time when you should be going, woe is me. How horrible is my life? Does anybody even love me? God, are you even there today? No. Paul, Ben Silas begins to sing praises unto God. As prisoners, they sang praises. And guess what happened? The walls began to shake. The earth began to quake, and the doors opened from the cells, and the chains fell off. 
It's amazing what praise can do. Amazing. Come on now. Woo. It had everything to do with the fact that they let everyone know that they loved the Lord. And they were the Lord's people. It, it, it wasn't a pity party there. It was a time of singing. It was a time of exalting and praising. It was loud. It was boisterous. It was not withheld. It was not reserved. It was not in the corner with a little hand. And hey, hey, I'm not making fun of that, okay? But there is something about when we begin to open our mouth, when we begin to speak things into existence, it's like, it's like feet to our faith. It's like action to our belief in Him. They sang it and they declared it and everyone heard it. And God moved upon that. You talked just the other day, Pastor Herring, about uh, blind Bartimaeus. If he had only sat up there on the side, do I think that Jesus would have heard him if he would have whispered, yes, I do. If he would have just said nothing at all but thought it in his mind, I think he would have heard it. But what turned his attention towards Bartimaeus is when he cried out with a loud voice. Psalms 47.1 tells us to clap your hands unto the Lord. We go to a concert, or we go to a show, or we see a play, and someone does something great, or it's this or that, or even if it's not, we go. We give clap. We give praise unto those that just tried to entertain us, whether successful or not. So I want you to know he's successful, and he is worthy. And he is all honorable. <laughs> the psalmist said 28 and 7 of Psalms. He said, with my song will I praise thee. Now, I know none of you do this. You're driving in your car all by yourself. And you sing quietly. I don't. If there's nobody in the car, I sing as loud as I can because there's no one to critique me or criticize me or tell me I'm out of tune. I already know I'm out of tune, but I'm going to sing because I like to sing. <laughs> Things happen when we open our mouth. Things happen. There's a tent of ear that takes place. There's a, a look my way. There's a tension that's garnered. Praise is becoming, and it's appropriate. It really is. Webster says that praise is to express compliments. It should tell one of their favor, or your approval of, or that you value, or you merit this or that. It's to magnify, it's to glorify, or even brag about. Ah, man, if you were around here last night, you'd be bragging about some tacos after some great teaching. Thank you, Brother Robbie. Praise the Lord. 
bragging about cheesecake. I don't know who made that, but that was. My, my, my. We brag about it. We have no problem praising somebody and not just giving them, you know, flattery, because there's a difference between flattery and praise. Flattery is about, it makes you want to throw up, really. It's not about anything. It's hollow. It's shallow. But praise is about bragging. It's about declaring and, 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 and telling others about how good God is. You see somebody, we, we greet people in the church during the day when we come in and we gather and we go, praise the Lord. And someone goes, yeah, praise the Lord. He's good. He's merciful. The psalmist said, 100 and verse 4, that I should enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with. Why? Because it's becoming and it's appropriate. It does make a difference. It does make a difference. It really does. The psalmist said, 22 and verse 3, and I'm almost done, that he inhabits. If I could put that in Brother Plale's terms, see the Israelites were his people. When you talk about when his people praised him, he was in the midst of them. When he was on their mind, when he was on their lips, when he was in their heart, he was in the midst of his people. You getting this today? When he's in your mind and he's in your heart, and he's on your lips, and you begin to tell everybody how becoming and how appropriate that Jesus is. He gets right in the middle of it. It's just like, I think he comes up, Sister, Sister Maya, and he comes, hey, hey, scoot over a little bit, scoot over. Serious, he gets right in the middle of our praise. He went right in the middle of that jail cell. Right in the middle. That's where he wants to be, where people are praising him, not giving him flattery, not giving him lip service, but people are praising him. He is in the middle of it. In the middle of it. Praise identifies you and me as a Christian. Our first verse, Titus 2 and 1. And the Amplified said that it helps identify doctrine, teaching, that when you are an individual, you're a child of God who lets your praises flow, you are a difference to this world. That was good, Brother Play. Thank you. Praise identifies us. If you're a complainer, it identifies you. If you're a whiner, it identifies you. But people who are of his name, people who like to praise God and let it, others know how good he is, I'm telling you what, it makes a difference. It's becoming and it's appropriate. Eighteen times praise him is used in the book Psalms alone. The angels praise him, Psalm 148, verse number two. The sun, the moon, and the stars praise him, Psalm 148, verse number three. All people 
praise him. Psalms 117, verse number 1. His servants. Are you his servant today? I am his servant today. Praise him. Psalm 135, verse number 1. How do I do that? With my mouth. Psalms 109, verse number 30. With my hands. Psalms chapter 47, verse number 1. Do you get anything about holding back this? Do you, you see anything of that in the scripture? Can you envision David out in the field as he's writing many of the Psalms, as he's putting them to music? I'm, I, I just can't see this man as an individual who was reserved in his praise toward Jehovah. His praise was loud. It was, I know the sheep heard him. I know the bears heard him and the, and the lions and the wolves, they heard him. It's about time that the devil heard some of us praise the Lord. It's about time some of our friends and our families heard praise coming from our lips because it's becoming and it's appropriate. Psalms 150, it's not a mistake that it's at the very end. My goodness gracious, read that thing. Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord. We could stop right there, that'd be enough. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. You can praise Him in church, Brother Tostin. And you can praise Him at your desk at work. You can praise Him on the job. You can praise Him in the doctor's office. You can praise Him in the middle of lying on a bed with bad diagnosis. You can praise Him. Verse number two, praise Him for His mighty acts. Wow. Well, he's never done anything good for me. You haven't thought very far. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him. Verse 3. Praise him with the timbrel. No, praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Brother uh, Richard Hayes used to play the trumpet for us. He's now long gone to be with the Lord. And brother, he would play that trumpet. And I could just envision. You remember watching him play that trumpet, Pastor? Oh, of course. You bet. You bet. It, you just knew he was, he was making a joyful noise mm -hmm. unto the Lord. You bet. said, praise him with the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Verse 4. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. All right, so you're a musician and you play one of those instruments. Or number five, you praise him on the drums or the cymbals or even the high-sounding cymbals. Maybe you don't do any instruments. Let everything. Let everything. Somebody say everything. Let everything. Let everything. Let everything. Amen. That hath breath. That's right. Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The Amplified said it like this in verse number 6. Let everything that hath breath and every breath of life praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So be it. Non-stop, Brother Jim. Non-stop. They've had some time to get 
get built up. But what we're doing is we're down here getting ready for that. You say, it's too loud. I don't want to get beside. Hey, what do you think heaven's going to be like? Come on. It's not going to be people sitting around going, are you kidding? There's a verse in, in, in Revelations that I'm paraphrasing, says that he's going to reward us with a crown, and we're going to take that same crown and give it back to him in praise. I can't wear this. I'm giving it back to you. My Lord, my Singing Lord, my Lord. And worshiping around the throne. Joyful noise of men and women and young people and elders praising Jesus. Come on, it's becoming and it's appropriate. Amen. Pastor Harry. If, if any of you knew brother or knew brother Ken Denny or the Denny family, if you've hung around camp meeting at all, then you know Ken and Lonnie and the, the family's quite extended. Well, a week ago, brother Denny fell at camp meeting, broke his wrist, fractured his skull. Uh, brother Churchill texted me Monday night and said he'd had a heart attack and passed away. Funeral for brother Denny is Saturday at 2 o'clock at the Kenai Pentecostal Church. If you or if you are going, it's uh, you now you know the schedule for that event. If you knew Brother Denny, Brother Sister Denny. If you know Jeff Bartlett, Jeff Bartlett's wife is the part of the Denny family. Um, so pray for that family as well. Praise the Lord. Years ago, Brother Plale, years ago, um, I'm not proud of it, I'm just reminded of it tonight. I preached a message and I titled it 99 Reasons Why. And I found 99 verses that I could quote on outward worship. Um, there are hundreds of them. There are only a handful of verses that talk about inward and in, internal worship. And there are hundreds that talk about outward and external worship. And you're right, you're so right tonight. If it's in your heart, you ought to, you know. What did Jesus say out of the abundance of the heart? Matthew 12, 34. He didn't say you'll whisper it. He said you'll speak it out of the abundance of the heart. Brother Rob, did you talk last night about uh, being teachable? Uh, I appreciate that. I apologize for missing. I was on the way to the airport with my wife, etc. Um, but I'll, I'm going to give you a chance to practice that tonight. Brother Playo has already uh, opened that, that can of thought for us. Uh, but I'm looking at 1 Samuel 23, verse 15 and 16. I'm well aware of what time it is. We've been in church all of 46 minutes, okay? So 1 Samuel 23, verse 15 and 16. Amen. David saw that Saul was come out to seek his life, and David was in the wilderness of Ziph in a wood, or in the woods is how we would say that today. And Jonathan, Saul's son, arose and went to David into the wood and strengthened his hand in God. Bible said when David and Jonathan realized that there was evil inside the family occurring, Saul was trying to kill David. And Saul's son, Jonathan, 
knew where David was hiding, and he went out not just to comfort him, but to strengthen him. When I need strength, pat on the backs don't really help me. Strength, strengthening your hand is different than comforting your heart. I know you want to praise him tonight, and Brother Playo, I feel stupid following you with this idea tonight, but I'm just going to do what I feel like the Lord told me to do, okay? We're going to practice being teachable tonight. Now, we, we categorize positive acquaintances often like this. That person is my friend. Or that person is my good friend. Or maybe even you have the opportunity to say that person is my best friend. Those are positive acquaintances. Maybe you hear people say things like this. Well, I have no friends. Or I have a couple of friends. Or that person has lots of friends. Too many people are going to lose out with God. Can you hear me way in the back there? Too many people are going to lose out with God because they would not analyze friendships through a spiritual microscope. Sometimes people would rather be known and popular to many, no matter what the cost is. When, in fact, God's Word is telling us to analyze and scrutinize everything we call friendship through a spiritual microscope. Are you with me tonight? Um, listen, now, you'll never choke on the fake unless you've tasted of the real, okay? You'll never choke on what's phony and illicit and un unrighteous and ungodly unless you've had a real friend in your life. You'll never know who's a facade and acting like something they're not unless you've really had someone in your life that's had your back through every circumstance and every situation. There's a couple of questions you need, to, you need to think about constantly in your life. Is God pleased with this friendship? Is this friendship good for me? I, I, maybe you don't want me to talk about this tonight, but I, whatever. Is this friendship changing me? Is this friendship one-sided? I'll say it again. Is God pleased with this friendship? Is this friendship good for me? Is this friendship changing me? And is this friendship one-sided? Do you know what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 33? He said, evil communications corrupt Good manners. Evil communications corrupt good. Is this friendship changing me? Well, man, I, I don't. Maybe I should be preaching this somewhere else tonight, you know. Proverbs 13, 20, Solomon said the last part of that verse, that a companion of fools will be destroyed. Is my attraction to this friend, this person I call friend, is it something that's stimulated by the flesh or by the spirit? Is it stimulated by this or by my soul? Just something for you to consider tonight, all right? All right? Do I feel wholesome around this person or do I feel wicked? Is this friend bringing out good in me or evil? I know this is a little meaty tonight, but... I, I, I didn't get this out of some book. I got this in a closet of prayer, all right? Look, look, is this person bringing out good, godly things in me 
or do I feel like hiding when I'm around this person? Because I'm saying things and thinking thoughts I shouldn't be thinking when I'm around this type of person. Very, very discerning. Look, to some people, to some people, a bad friendship is as obvious as a muddy elephant in the snow, okay? It's like we can look at them and say, duh, that person isn't helping my son. That person isn't helping my daughter. That person's not helping my mom. That person isn't helping my dad. But sometimes when I'm the one in that friendship, Listen, I can't see it if I don't want to see it. Anybody hearing me tonight? I'll never see it if I don't want to see it. And the flesh will always win if I don't pray and fast, Brother Plow. If I don't pray, the flesh will always come out victorious. Are we not supposed to be friendly, Pastor? Of course we're supposed to be friendly. But not at the expense of what is right. Not at the expense of changing, not at the expense of changing what is whole. W-O-W-H-O-L-E. To that which is partial or fragmented or broken. Not at the expense of changing that which is wholesome and holy, H-O-L-Y. To that which is wicked, evil, and ungodly. I'm telling you, whether you live it tonight or not, whether you practice it and be teachable tonight or not, that's up to you. The flesh will always win. In Genesis 40, there's a story. Brother Mike, Joseph has been unrighteously imprisoned. While he's there, he has a couple of dreams. There's a baker and a butler there incarcerated with him. Now, they were Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker. The cupbearer tells Joseph this about his dream. Hey, boy, when I get out of here, I'm going to remember you. And the story in Genesis 40 goes like this. The cupbearer is, is liberated. He's given freedom. But when he gets out, he forgets all about Joseph. That is a picture of worldly friendships. I don't care. I don't care what they tell you, what they promise you. It's all about them. Worldly friendships will promise you the world until they're set free and then they forget all about you. And he forgot all about Joseph when he got what he was after. Hello. The world calls them Fair weather friends. As long as you're buying, they're sitting. As long as you're pulling money out there, man, they're with you. But our text said tonight, Brother Colin, that Jonathan went to David in the woods. David was running for his life. You know what we need when we're down and out and don't know what to do but run? We need someone that cares about us legitimately. Someone that really has proven friendship to the truest extent of the word. And will come to us in our weakness, and our vulnerability. True friends will never exploit your vulnerability. True friends will protect you 
when you're vulnerable. True friends will guard you when you're vulnerable. <coughs> True friends, friends will never take advantage of you when you are vulnerable. One of Noah's sons did the, un the unimaginable, while two of them backed up to their father with a blanket and covered him. One was dishonorable, two said, this is my dad, i got to protect him. Good friends always care about your spiritual well-being. Can I get a witness from anybody in the house tonight? A true friend always cares about your spiritual well-being. Ruth 1.16, Ruth said to Naomi, listen to this, wherever you go, I'm going. Whatever God you serve, I'm serving. Why is that? Because Ruth genuinely cared about the spiritual well-being of Naomi. Wherever you go, I'm, I'm, I'm your shadow. And whatever God you bow down to, I'll be right beside you there. They really are. Good friends always care about your spiritual well-being. Brother and sister, we need to examine. We need to examine who we're listening to and who's speaking into our life. If you're young tonight, if you're not young tonight, we need to examine, filter through God's Word who is speaking into my heart tonight. Number two, good friends always want what's best for you, not themselves. I don't know if you're hearing me tonight or not. But the Bible said in 1 Samuel 20, Jonathan risked his life for David. There was nothing in it for Jonathan. Jonathan was throwing all the promises of his, of his potential away so that David could be elevated. Jonathan was Saul's son. He was the inherent Victor to Saul's throne. And when Jonathan realized, man, God's blessing is on David, he said, don't matter what I want now. I cast my lot in for David. Because good friends always want what's best for you. Not with a deceiving motive. They don't tell you what you want to hear, all because in the end they hope it comes back and blesses them. No, thank you. How do your friends stack up tonight? How do your friends stack up tonight? Hmm? Listen to this. This is not me. I'm, I'm right, I wrote this down. It's a quote. I don't know who said it, but it's, it's worthy of our hearing. Notice the people who are happy for your happiness and sad for your sadness. They are the ones that deserve that special place in your heart. Unquote. Jonathan went to David and strengthened his hand in the woods. He didn't do anything to exploit his own agenda in David's life. He didn't come to this child of God and try to, to, try to exploit his situation so that he could weaken his position in the kingdom of God. Let me, let me just put it in plain, simple words. We're supposed to have enough 
going on up here that when people try to distract us and pull us away from this, there's ought to be bells and whistles going off in our mind. Left, right, everywhere. There should be alarms and red lights and Gauging friendships is what I would have titled this tonight, and I'm done, though. Gauging them according to the Word of God. If we're teachable, we're going to practice this. I love you. I care about you. I pray for you. But when it comes time to go to church, when it comes time to, comes time to live a holy life, when it comes time to choose between you, if you make me choose between you and God... If you demand that I choose between living the way I know is right and you making me change to what you want me to be. Sorry! If that's all you care about me, no, you're not my friend. And I've lived a long enough time, I've lived long enough time to know who's going to be there when I need them. Sure you will. Sure you will. Sure you will. Sure you will. That was my final point. No, you made it better than I would have made it. If you live the way God wants you to live, you don't have to worry about offending people. Your lifestyle will put, a, will put the... You know what I want you to do? I want you to turn to uh, Exodus, Exodus 11, 7. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast. That you may know how that the Lord does put the difference between the Egyptian and Israel. God will make the difference if you just live right. But if, if you worship this way when you're not around your friend and this way when you are around your friend then they're not your friend. They are not your friend. If they force you, pressure you, give you the eye, roll the eyes, make negative comments when you're vulnerable, you really, you really think they're your friend? No, they're not. They're not your friend. They may be an acquaintance. They may be a companion. But listen, remember, evil companions destroy good intentions, good people. Don't make that. If it makes you compromise, well, how will I win them if I don't love them? Hello, I didn't say anything about that. Love them. Witness to them, but be a leader to them, all right? If I can't lead them to God without being weaker than their domineering personality, then I got to put some walls up around me. I got to put some walls up around me. How many of you know what I'm talking about when I say there's certain people in our life that maybe 
you know, the, the weak man inside of me, I'm, I'm galvanized to that type of personality. I'm welded to that type of person. I, I got, I've got to know who I am, Brother Jim, Brother Larry. There's certain people I cannot allow to dictate what I'm going to do next in the kingdom of God. Gauging my friends. I love them all. I do love them all. But I've made it in my mind. Heaven, the Word, the church, my brethren, or, or other friends who try to twist everything. I never feel stronger when I'm around them. I always feel confused when I'm around them. I come to church and God kind of clears my mind up a little bit. But when I get back in their company, I'm like, ugh. Come on, hello. You're just, deni- you're just denying what you know if you don't believe that. God help me. Give me strength. Give you strength. Give me strength tonight to realize that, that I would rather, if this is the choice, if I have to, I'm not saying that I always have to, but if given the choice in, in offending a comrade or offending God, you know what he said? He said, if you deny me in the presence of men, That's right. That's right. Amen. I'll deny you before the throne of Almighty God. Yep. That's, that's pretty sharp, pretty sharp words right there. God in the flesh said that about our life on earth. Gauging our friends. I'm just offering you some advice to be, to be teachable. One area to start looking at is who you hang with. Who you hang with? Hmm? There is no friendship that's worth your soul. You're right. You're right. I know you understand that. She said, no friendship that's worth our soul. Right? Yeah. So, God bless you tonight. I put a wet rag on your fire of enthusiasm tonight. I'm sorry, sir. But I just, I just, I pray often, Brother Ken Lewis, I say, God, I don't want one thing to distract me from being heaven-bound. I don't want a person to distract me. I don't want money to distract me. I don't want power to distract me, politics. I don't want anything to get in my way, God. Yes, sir. Right. My mind, my mind. My, my, through the word of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Every once in a while, you're going to find out that life's roads are going to cross. You're going to have to go God's way, the way you've been taught how to go, or you're going to be given that other option. It's not a good road to go. It does. It hurts sometimes to push people that you think have your back and love you away. But, but listen to all I said tonight. If they really love you, they want what's best for you. And they, if they really love you as a friend, they want the spiritual well-being of your life to improve. They don't want to take away from what God is doing. They don't, they don't want to take away from what God is doing in your life. And they don't want you to compromise. Amen. Love you tonight. 
Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Love and praise your good name tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your precious spirit. The promises of hope, God, that stir up our soul, that reach down inside of us, Lord, and remind us about your mercy and remind us about your goodness. I thank you for that, Lord, tonight. Thank you, Lord, for the word about praising you. You're always worthy of praise. You're always worthy and deserving of our praise, God. I love you, Lord. Forgive me for not praising you at all times and in everything. Forgive me, God, for falling short, God, of absolute worship when you deserve it all. I praise you, Lord. Help me to have wisdom to choose God. Help me to have wisdom to choose God. Help me to have wisdom to know who's got my back, Lord. Did you hear what it said? He strengthened his hand in God. In God. In God. A good friend will never pull you away from God one inch. 